inside Joe. Get you a sip of that inside Joe. Let's get all the way inside. Welcome to the Inside Joe. Uh, today we have a very special episode. We get to talk to a Mr. Nate Norris. We had a lot of fun um, on this podcast. We actually talked for over seven hours in total, um, and I dwindled it down to uh, what you're listening to now. Um, but yeah, I don't want to give too much away just because you're going to learn a lot about who he is. We met at a uh, Second City improv class, um, and I guess before I begin, I just want to say I feel like I really know who he is um, probably more than anyone. Um, and that being said, let's just get started. I hope you enjoy. I will affirm for the court that you have very little knowledge of me. Um, we've known each other for what, six, seven weeks now? Which sounds more than actually, it sounds like we do know each other. It sounds like we do, but it hasn't been seven weeks of constant interaction and face to face talk. It's been like seven weeks of, you know, like when you have a work flirt, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, okay. And you just kind of. Um, you see him a little bit every now and then, and in, in passing, you're like, "Hey, tickles your fancy a little bit." Yeah, exactly. They yeah. kind of they kind of poke your arm and whoa, all right. Yeah, that's kind of what that's what we've been going through. So, for those that don't know, we've met at Second City because we're going to be big big stars, um, and we met at an improv class. Um, and can you just take me a little bit into um, what did you think when you first saw this this big Asian dude? First impressions, uh, you do have an imposing visage about you, and I think you have a somewhat permeating aura. Oh. And I mean that in the most negative way possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I didn't really have that many first impressions of you just because in our improv oh, class, that's fine. there's a lot of characters, yeah. and I do think we have a, a variety of type of people in every way possible. Like, we have... We have funny people. We have not funny people. We have. Uh, that's really the only <laughs> that's two. <what> two. <laughs> so, so we have we have funny people. We have non-funny people. And would you say that as we went, we've gone through the class, have you? Do you feel comfortable with the non-funny people as well? Like they're they're in the class. I think they kind of make it special, though. It kind of makes it more like a community, <laughs> right? Like you have some old you people. You do sound you pretty patronizing people. in that tone. Oh, I do. A this is bit. just my normal tone. So get ready for more. I'm ready. I'm locked. Let me just. Oh wow! Little, See, little object work there. And for those that are listening, uh, that was some improv. Uh, <laughs> he was pretending he put on a seatbelt. Um, and I did improvise that. Um, but before we go on, um, I should say what your name is. <laughs> yeah, can you intro me a little bit? Yeah, so we have here my good, good friend from Second City Improv, um, Mr. Uh, Nate, who is the great-grandson of a Chuck Norris. His name is Nate Norris, everybody. We have Nate Norris here. Can you give me a little more? And you know what? It's, he has blonde hair. He is a little bit like Hitler's dream. Um, and he, before we came here, uh, demanded that I buy him Guinness beer. He said, if there's no Guinness, I'm not there. And I stand by that. Yeah, so I bought him a bunch of Guinness. He's here. Um, I've never had a guest like him before for many reasons. Elaborate. White. True. 
The first thing I did when I uh, entered your abode oh. uh, is I I desecrated your bathroom. Did you? With the most violent shit known to mankind. In fact, I took several laxatives before coming just to prep myself for that. All right, well, guys, that's Nate's. I think you kind of get a good gist of what kind of human he is. Um, but yeah, we've met at Improv. Um, we hit it off, surprisingly. Um, and I'm just really glad to get to know you on a more personal level. So just to give some structure to today's episode, I'm going to throw some questions at you. There's mm-hmm. not going to be any order. We're not going to go chronological. We're not going to be boring about this. But if we have a good conversation, we're just going to keep it going. When it gets boring, I'm just going to ask you a different question. Now you so, say when it gets boring. Yeah. Don't you think that's kind of being a little presumptive? I think I know what I'm dealing with. Because that's, that's my guarantee. Oh. It's not going to get boring. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, then let's do this. Let's, let's see how long this lasts. You have a hard-hitting question lined up right at the start? Are you uh, going to baby me a little bit? I, wow. I've never had a guest that was just ready to go. I'll give you credit for that, that you're ready for this. So let's just let's start real. If you're going to ask for the hard-hitting questions, I have questions lined up to kind of softball you into this. But if you're ready, I'll go right ahead. Well, I leave it to your discretion. You know what? Um, let's start off with our sponsor first yep. before we go. And yeah, Nate, can you take it away? Just tell us a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode. Let me pull up the read here. Sorry, you emailed it to me. I got to pull it up. Yeah, here it is. I found it. Yeah, so today's episode... Of the average Joe, it's is, no, 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 Tom. It's the inside Joe. Just get it. Get it today's get it episode of the Morning Joe is brought to you by Craig's pre-lubricated and pre-punctured condoms. Mm-hmm. Are you tired of putting on lube and also not having children? Buy Craig's today with now a forty-three percent fertility success rate. Craig's is the only proven condom that both protects you from STDs and gets you pregnant. Mm-hmm. Buy Craig's today at your local grocery store. You can go online to buycraigs.com. Promo code Joe, J-O-E. That's promo code Joe for 15% off mm-hmm. your next purchase of Craig's punctured and pre-lubed condom. That's right, Nate. And also, are you looking to kind of keep your partner around, but they might be leaving the best way to do it is getting those punctured, very punctured condoms. So, so get them now. Get them really quick. Um, Can I just say I think it's a little demeaning that you make me do the ad read? Because it's really your show, and I'm a guest, and I don't really like having to do your dirty work. I uh, honestly give it, gave it to you as a gift because I know how much you like the sound of your own voice. So I thought, like, hey, he loves airtime. Let's just give him this, or he'll cry about it. Yeah. So That is a good point. Yeah. And I now that you kind of frame it in that way, my perspective is shifting quite rapidly. You're welcome. It was a gift. All right, let's get let's get started to the questions because I'm getting bored. Um, what song do you listen to when you're sad, Nate? And I know that probably happens quite a bit. Yeah, it actually does happen quite a bit. I think <laughs> I am I'm a pretty uh, even keel person, but like everyone, I do have highs and lows. Okay. And I think there's two kinds of people in this world: those who have highs and lows. And fucking psychopaths. It's true. Uh, as far as the song I listen to, it's a good question. I I have a playlist that's like kind of my feels playlist, and that's songs that make me feel particularly emo and particularly sad. And so I, usually, I get it. What like I think I'm gonna struggle to pull actual song names from that playlist because they a lot of them are like pretty lesser known 
artist. There's like this one. Oh, so it's like it too cool for everyone else to know? Or? No, it's more like I don't remember the name of the song because they're so lesser known. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's this. Um, Is it Keen? <laughs> Keen? Keen. You remember Keen? That's an adjective. It's a song. It's a British band. Yeah, never heard of that. All right. Um, Good conversation. I do like a lot of songs that are generally very like uh, mostly just like piano and acoustic guitar and really sad. There's this. Oh, now I think of it. Finally. So there's this song uh, by Jacob Collier, Ocean Wide Canyon Deep, and he's playing it <laughs> on the. Why is that funny to you? That's the name of the song. No, it just sounds 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 right on the right on the dot. Oh, it's you. super dramatic. And he he's playing piano. And then this other Portuguese musician named Maro is playing the guitar. And it's only on YouTube because it was like this company that like was like filming their acoustic session. I know who you're talking about, by the way, because my brother got really into him. He's a musician as well. Like he's really yeah, into yeah. music. And I feel like he's like the musician's musician. Like that's exactly right. Right. Everyone respects him. Everyone else that's not a musician could not give a shit. Like, I'm sorry, who? Yeah. Jacob what? Yeah, I actually saw him in concert He's and it good. totally kicked ass. Yeah. And it was the only concert I'd been to where everyone in the concert was also musicians. So like everyone's singing along. <laughs> it was like, damn, they're <laughs> singing right now. Because they're probably Uber fans of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm I'm not ashamed to admit that I am an Uber fan of his. I, I mean, it makes sense. I feel like he's really technical. He really knows his shit. Um, yeah. You could respect it because you understand what to look for. I don't. So I don't really care. I don't know. You don't have to be a super technical person to hear that song and make me think like, damn, that's going to make me cry right now. Nate, um, what caused your last breakup? Oh, great question. Um, I think I wished that my last breakup had been something really dramatic. Like I thought like if she had maybe like keyed my car mm -hmm. or like cheated on me, um, that would have been really easy to be like, fuck you. We're done. Uh, but it was it was more nuanced than that, as is the case with life. Uh, it was more just like kind of realized that I need more from a partner and that we didn't have uh, a lot of the same goals in life and we didn't have a lot of the same like needs that we were meeting for each other. So like I wasn't meeting a lot of her needs. She wasn't meeting a lot of my needs and we both cared about the other person and we both like enjoyed the time we had with that person. Mm -hmm. but it was just like, yeah, I don't really think that's pretty work. mature. For you guys to come up with that conclusion there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And props to her because I think she handled it really well. And like we had a really great conversation that was like, this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. This is like where we see this going. And just the end of that conversation was like, yeah, like it's not going to work. But we both are just like sad about that. So you're single now is what I'm hearing. Single and ready to mingle. All right, I'm gonna grab the loot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, so, so, ladies, if you're listening and you're like, "Who's that? Who's that guy?" Um, yeah, that's not Joe. Um, he's single. I have heard uh, a frequent compliment I get is, "You look nothing like Joe Yoon." Oh, that's a compliment. People tell me that a lot, and I'm I say, "Who is that?" Oh. And they say, "This fucking asshole that I met the other day," and I'm like. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, I guess. But now I think I have more context for that compliment. Oh. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so he's single, ladies. Um, he sounds like a nice guy. Um, but uh, what are you looking for in a relationship? So these are the softballs, right? 
Oh, you, you think you think these are the hardballs? <laughs> Just wait until like Google some shit. But no, what is <laughs> what what are you looking for in in a relationship in a girl hmm. or guy? Whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, I will put it out there that I just to put some context here. I'm I'm straight, so I appreciate your openness to that. But yeah, I I've asked myself the question many times, like, am I anything other than straight? Because Who knows? yeah, especially because I feel like I'm a pretty artistic person, and I have um, I have a lot of qualities about me that are not stereotypically straight qualities. I would say you're probably just a pretty open guy. Right. Yeah. And like, so I've asked myself like, huh, am I, I don't know, maybe like bi just because I feel like I possess a lot of bi qualities about me. But then I think of penises and I'm <laughs> just want to, I just don't want anything to do with them. And so then I have that talk and I think, yeah, probably, probably just straight. But, uh, your question was, what am I looking for in a partner? So not a penis is what I'm getting. Not a penis is, is a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as raw, animalistic attraction goes Mm -hmm. but i will say like a similar worldview is very important uh similar communication style i would say emotional maturity that's a big one um like a baseline desire to learn and like critically think is important um so let's just say nate okay was creating a dating profile mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was honest none of that fluff none of the like make me look good yeah. What would that? How would you describe yourself? Well, do you want to do you want to go through my actual like Hinge profile? Uh, yeah. I'll I'll pull that up for you. Yeah, but, I would but love that. I I do want to ask you because you're with somebody right now. You've been presumably with your partner for a yeah. long time, right? Like yeah, a for couple a long years. Time. Oh yeah, like long. How many years? Um, since 2016. Okay. Not a math major. Six years. Yeah. I was a math major, actually. Well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> he comes in here, demands Guinness, walks in here with his own mic stand, and he's just like, I, I, I own your apartment now. I did say that. Uh, did say those words. Well, I kind of lie because I was a math major. I was a double major comp sci and math. And then oh, I, brag much? I dropped the math major so that I could graduate early. So I'm technically not a math major. No one cares, dude. That's fair. That's a fair criticism. Let me pull up my Hinge profile here since you're being a real piece. <laughs> so I will say, here's the vibe I'm trying to put out with okay. my Hinge profile. I love these, by the way. Like I Being a taken man, as, yeah. as it were, I love seeing other people's... You can live vicariously through me a little bit. Trying to find someone, you know? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Brings me great joy. I enjoy watching people struggle. Yeah, like struggle, because I got it. And like it's nice to see that. Yeah, you well, try. You know? So here's the hard thing about Hinge is you have to kind of strike this balance between I am like a funny and carefree person, and then I also am somewhat mature. I think I think you're for, for how how old are you? I know how old you are. Now. Yeah, I'm 24. Yeah, you're 25. I thought I'm 24. So you lied. I didn't lie. I texted you 24. I think I might have put 25. <laughs> But anyways, that, that has nothing to do with anything. Helen, can you can you put twenty four <laughs> down on the record? He's pointing at some imaginary person. <laughs> but um, but you know, for twenty four year old, I would say you are pretty mature. So how old are you? You'll never know. I'm much older than you. I don't think you're much older than I you. am. You're see, not. See, this is the thing. You're not. I am a young version of my age, 
um, because I my personality is so so much fun. No, I th- I think you're like 32. You'll just never know, dude. You're gonna get so shocked. Here's the thing: is out. I don't care. I don't I don't care either. Actually. But if I, I did a little bit, but before, but now if I if I, really if I wanted to know, I would know. Of course, internet. Internet. Yeah, literally. But no, you got to earn this. I do have to earn it, but I also, in a very real sense, am not concerned with your age because it doesn't affect how I interact with you in any capacity. I agree with that. I I, I think life, we all are here in the bigger scheme of things. Age does not matter. Well, I think it mattered until I was like out of college. Yeah, exactly. Up until that point, I think so much of your social interaction is like, but how old is this person? Yeah. Did yeah. you have experiences in middle school where you were like, I'm 14 and he's 12? Well, in middle school, uh, I was probably like 11, right? Yeah. For some parts of it. Yeah, I don't. For I maybe don't, a year of it. I, I don't. I think I think it was more so like when girls would be dating people in college and they we were in high school. And Did I that was happen like, a lot to you? Or like the people you know? <laughs> you yeah, I dated a lot of guys in college, you know? Um no, no, but it was like the cool kids. You're like, oh, like you had crushes on, on certain girls, but they would be dating someone in yeah, college and you're like, yeah. fuck them. It is interesting how the roles really reverse because in high school, you're like, damn, she's so cool for dating somebody in college. Right. And in college, you're like, what a fucking yeah. loser. <laughs> it was 100%. <laughs> it was, it was not, no, no, uh, nothing wrong with community colleges or anything like that. Absolutely. But it would always be someone that's like local, really close to the high school. <laughs> and you're like, uh, now that you look at it, it's, it's not that cool. Yeah. Yeah. What, what college did you go to, by the way? I went to school at Binghamton in New York. Okay. I don't know. I've never heard of that before. Many people have not. Yeah. Um, and what major? Um, human development. Human development. What does that mean? It's it's kind of a mix of psychology and education and just life. <laughs> <laughs> so we start at the embryo, right? It's more like I'm here to really help people grow because I'm so selfless. Damn. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. How do you get by <laughs> knowing how humble you are? It's got to be quite the weight to carry around. It is. It is. I I struggle with that a lot because I see so many selfish people out there, and yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm so humble and so selfless. Oh, my God, I'm such a good person, and mm. it, so many bad people out there, and it hurts. Did you ever have to develop a human yourself as part of your degree? <laughs> um, not. No, we didn't. <laughs> We did not have to develop a human. Um, it was more so of developing the psyche enough to help people yeah. um, that are selfish and really out to just get other people. So in you trouble. think you're well equipped to help somebody who's very selfish? Very, very much so. I don't like it. Okay, let's do like a let's do like a demo session here. I'll be a very selfish person. Okay, you, you be uh, a human development expert, which I am. Yeah, you're gonna be yourself. Okay, and you're gonna wh- are you gonna try to help me? What's the goal of those of the yeah, so let's just pretend it's like an office setting here. Office setting. Uh, and you're here, you're selfish, but you want help. I'll give you that. And in this hypothetical, um, what kind of like coffee do I like? You love uh, you love pu- pumpkin spice lattes. That's helpful. Yeah. Okay. So I'm in, a th- I'm in a session with you. Yes. Yeah, I just feel like no one listens to my ideas. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me pick a better voice there. Yeah, I was going to say. I just feel like no one listens to my ideas. <laughs> That's the voice. No one listens to my ideas, uh, and I have the best. I have the best ideas. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And what are some of those ideas? 
Well, for example, I was going to replace the printer ink yesterday. Okay. I was going to go to Best Buy and get some printer ink. They said, no, use the operations request form to tell our ops manager to, to load more printer ink from our budget. And you know how Jessica is. And I was like, I'm just going to go to fucking Best Buy and get the printer ink. And, uh, and then I was like, why is nobody thanking me for this? Because I'm such an efficient right. employee. And, and what's your life like um, outside of printer ink? Uh, I cheat on my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you have a girlfriend. That's a start. So someone does like you. I feel like I'm being judged right now in this human development session. Oh, by me. Yeah, the developer. You know, I'm just here to kind of listen to whatever <laughs> issues you have. Uh-huh. Um, and I, what I, what I, you know, from the little I've heard, you have a, a, a secret obsession with ink. And it's, it's, it's kind of strange. I tried to keep that under wraps, actually. Yeah, you should. My my um my ex dad is a squid. Now, how do you? What is your obsession with ex parents? Obsession? Sorry, I've heard you say things about ex mom, ex dad, um, in other sessions, and you always have this ex parent parental kind of label to things. How how could one be an ex parent? Yeah, well, it's like he was my dad. He's not anymore. You know, <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> Okay? What's so hard to understand about you, that? You know what? I, I don't think you could be fixed. Um, and I think you should probably just just go away. I will say after that session, yeah. I'm, I think it's a good thing that you don't do that professionally. I don't. I don't do that professionally. Um, I thought about doing it, becoming a therapist in really? some way. That was one of my career thoughts. Hmm. But I, I realized that I am so um, empathetic that I would probably carry on people's troubles because yeah. I'm just that kind of guy. What were some of your other career thoughts? Were there any, uh, like... When I was younger, I wanted my dream, if we're talking like dream jobs, sure. I wanted to be Conan O'Brien. Mm. I love Conan O'Brien as a kid. And now, because now he's like my dad. I, who's your favorite Conan cast member and why is it Jordan Schlansky? It's not Jordan Schlansky. Fuck you. Okay? Because he's played out now. At first, it was amazing, uh-huh. but now it's like, I know you're an actor now, and you're acting the shit out, yeah. and I need you to either get better at what you're doing or get the fuck out. So. It's a fair criticism. I'm a Jordan Schlansky stan. You would. Life, though. You would be. I would be, and I am, is what it is. Because that's who you are. I don't think so. I, I don't really play a persona very often. Really? So this is just who you are? Well, th- can you quantify what you mean by this? Everything I'm seeing here, this is real? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just kind of riffing off the top of my head here. You know, I'm sensing that this is getting boring for me. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, what, you know, one thing I want to ask, and I just want to look this up. I've been getting really into astrology lately. Um, That's and pretty I, surprising to me. I, it is, because it's not very accurate. But <laughs> for the show... That's an understatement. It is... I don't understand what you're saying. Um, what are you um, as far as uh, a sign? Are you like, mm. are you, let me get, like, well, are, what do you think I am? I'm not like too into it. I'm going to say, are you an Aquarius? Is that, a, is that even a well, sign? Here's the thing is anytime somebody from astrology asks me about my sign, I share my sign. Okay. And then they say, that explains a lot. And it's uh, like, are you Capricorn? I'm like, fuck you. You're going to say that no matter what sign I say. If I was like, I'm a Libra. They'd be like, oh, of course you are. Oh are my you God, a you're Taurus, man? You're such a Taurus. Are you Gemini, man? I think we should add a couple more astrological signs because, right, Capricorn, what even is that? Oh, sorry, I just burped a little bit. 
Capricorn's like a horse, right? Oh, you're going with the actual like figures here? Yeah, like Libra scales, right? Capricorn is like a horse thing. I think if we could just like go back to the simple question of like, what are you? What about? Can we add one that's like a lion? With, guy, a line with a dildo in his mouth. This guy is such a like new generation type of guy. He's like, ooh, can we just be like something else, man? Can we get? Can we get a new sign? A new star sign that's like a, a sale sign at Target. You know what? One question I want is, I'm a, can, we, can you just answer the damn question? Yeah, I'm a, what, what sign are you? I'm a, I'm a Gemini. You would be. Oh, my God. It totally makes sense because you're like a Gemini. Right? So a characteristic of a Gemini is that, one, you are flexible, mm-hmm. which I've seen you stretch. I am very flexible. Very flexible <laughs> you're you saw that you were i yeah it was kind of weird because you took all your clothes off and then you're like now it's time for stretching i like to announce it uh gemini's are flexible extroverted and clever wow a lot of good mm-hmm. things here a lot of good things um and there's never a boring moments let's while get into the around. negatives with gemini yeah let's get there their flaws include indecisiveness mm-hmm. is that true i'm actually very decisive i think you really are actually i, I know what i want i i feel that with you actually to be honest yeah. i think you are very decisive um, impulsive. I don't know. That doesn't go hand to hand if you're decisive, though. I, sometimes you can know what you want, but then impulsively change your mind. Yeah, that doesn't sound impulsive. I've, I've, I have impulsivity within me, but I don't channel it very often. Okay, this is a weird one. You're not reliable. Well, that's not true. I'm very reliable. I think you are. Yeah, I've heard Gemini's are two-faced liars. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a child, I was a compulsive liar. Were you really? Yeah. You just got bored, probably. Well, no, what it was is that my parents had a lot of strict rules about like what we had to do around the house and like what we couldn't do. Reli- religious family? Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, for example, um, I was only allowed to play computer games for one hour every day, which for a 14-year-old boy was basically fucking torture. Mm-hmm. Imagine playing Lego Star Wars... And you get to play like one level every day. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the plight. Okay. Imagine the plight. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you survived. Yeah, well. it's kind of amazing, actually. The socioeconomic struggle. You know. Um. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna cut in real quick. Today's horoscope is that you may still be on something of a high from Ooh. from the last couple of weeks. You will definitely be tempted to let the good times continue to roll. Gemini, think about ways you can keep them rolling while still maintaining good judgment. Don't let things get too out of control today. Mm, Or maybe you should. Let's get those oils. So let me ask you, can you stop bringing up the fucking oil? It's important that you maintain a bit of stability at all times. Or you maintain a bit of friction. (laughs) Not with the oils, you (laughs) won't. Yeah. So let me spike ask the you shit this. out of it. Yeah, you spike the shit out of that one. Let me ask you this: Why? Why did you get into astrology? I am not into astrology. I don't want it to dictate my life, but it's a ton of fun because hmm. it is extremely accurate at, at some points. Like I am. Thanks for asking, by the way. Um, I am a Sagittarius. Hmm. So that explains uh, a lot. Yeah. What? Do you, uh, I've heard Sagittarius have a lot of difficulty brushing their teeth. Oh, you're gonna go hygiene yeah. right now? Because your breath has been revolting. The okay, whole we night. are literally like six feet away from each other. <laughs> uh, have you seen that? I've been scooching back the whole Whatever, time, dude. You're just like you're just like low hanging fruit, okay? And it's just embarrassing <laughs> that you're here right now. Sagittarius today. <laughs> Let's read about that. 
By being around negative and flip people like yourself, you might inadvertently pick up these habits. Oh my God, you're a bad influence on me. Apparently. Be careful about your associates uh, because you will find that others judge you accordingly to the company you keep. Oh, wow. So people that are listening right now, I know I swore a little bit more. I sound a little nastier than usual. <laughs> but that is all on Nate. That's all on him. See, this is a classic example of why I am not a huge fan of astrology, is that <laughs> you could say that about all of the signs. People judge you by the company you keep. You think that's only a Sagittarius thing? Wow, what a Gemini thing to say. Oh, so true. Oh hey, how about you calm down, all right? Let's not get too impulsive. I'm pretty sure there's just an AI writing these horoscopes, because you could feed in a couple thousand horoscopes to an AI, and it would just spit out awesome horoscopes yeah let's just not get too impulsive is what i'm asking for yeah you. maybe calm, calm getting yourself. a little technical there. i could that's, i feel like you're me. kind of gemini-ing and up right now and we just want to continue on here sorry a nice podcast you don't you, you don't want to talk about artificial intelligence training and like no not at all you don't want to talk about neural no. networks no that's boring dude. you don't want to talk about like it's not real okay all right let's get some real stuff because that's what people want to hear yeah okay so Real Stuff is brought to you by Nate. Take it away. What's our sponsor here? Well, as I already mentioned... Our second sponsor, Nate. Don't get lazy on me. It's, it's uh, Spit Jar. You ever wanted to spit? And yeah. You don't want to spit on the floor? Spit Jar. It's a little tin pail. Holds four ounces of spit. And, and I believe our sponsor told us for Spit Jar, now it's in green. So there's multiple colors you can buy there's the jar. There's two colors. Yeah, there's green, and then their original color was right. was vomit yellow, which I was not a huge fan yeah. of. I love Spit 3.0 jar. It has got a slick, <laughs> a slick feel to it. And then, Joe, you you have one right next to you right now. I have you want to demonstrate for me? That's right. Can you spit a little bit in Yeah, here? so you just gargle. You put whatever. I always like to put a little bit of liquid in my mouth. <laughs> Just as a rule of Just thumb. to get it started. <laughs> and, and that could be true for a lot of things, really. There's no chance the mic picks that up. So the spit jar, what's great about it <laughs> is that you can't hear the spit when it hits the jar. It's got a, it's, oh. it's silence. Because you know what? People associate spitting in jars as very, uh, I don't want to say this. This is what people say. Low class. You would never say that. I will never say low class. Okay. But people say it's low class when they spit in jars because of that sound, where it has like a ping sound. These spit jars, especially the 3.0 version, silence. Well, how much do you know about the history of spit jars? A lot. Okay, then I won't bore you with, I was going to mention the, yeah, please don't. the ancient history of spit jars. Oh, the ancient history. I don't know about that, though. Oh, well, in, uh, in ancient Greece and ancient Rome, aristocrats would often eat food, and then they would spit into like goblets that their servants would carry around. And oh. so it was very common in the most high-class rooms with the most nobility in it, you'd have people carrying spit goblets. Mm. Nerd alert. Um, but yeah, thanks for that information. That's super cool, Nate. I love that you bring uh, all that history to the show. All right, so Nate, uh, let's let's keep moving on before people shut us off here. Um, <laughs> um, can you just let's just do a little softball because I'm not sure if you're ready for the hardball question here. A little slow pitch. A little slow pitch. Um, what are I, and I'm also curious because um, you're of a man of theater. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what are your favorite movies? Just a couple. I'm not going to say the favorite movie because that's yeah. that's really hard, but a couple movies you enjoy. Well, so here's a hot take. That's yeah. not the right word. Here's a surprising take. Ooh. I'm not a huge movie buff. Yeah. Here And here's why. is Very rarely am I just at home around movie time in the evening. The thought does not cross my mind. You know what I want to do right now? Sit on the couch for two and a half hours and watch a movie. You want to create, don't you? I am. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm somebody who wants to like make something, so I play video games instead. <laughs> what kind of video game do you play? I used to play a ton in high school. Um, I'd play like Overwatch and CSGO and Minecraft and fucking any FPS. But nowadays, I actually don't play that many just because I get done with work, which is staring at a screen all day. And I'm like, ah, I kind of oh, want yeah. to do something else. So what do you do? I usually like noodle around on my guitar or my piano or something. Or mm. like, uh, I'll like go buy dinner somewhere. I like to like go out to eat. Oh, you'll go... You won't like postmate it. You'll actually no, because that's so expensive. You have to pay for like delivery, right. tip. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will say, uh, and this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but the fucking tipping culture has been really out of hand lately. You mean tipping too much? Like places that should not be asking for tips are asking for tips. Like what? Like you go to get a a coffee. Okay. And it's like that. That's what they do is they're being paid to make coffee and hand it to me across the counter. And Wait, then, and then it's like, do you want a tip after your order? And it's like, why would I tip you? The coffee's already seven dollars. All right, let's um, let's calm calm yourself a little bit. Here. Do you not do you not have the same experience? Well, what I do is I just click no tip. That's what I do too. But I'm I'm. I'm You're little, very angry here, Nate. Because for until very recently, I felt guilted by that tip screen, and I would always tap twenty percent. Okay, so if you feel guilty, oh, you would. Yeah, and that's why I'm riled about it. Well, what's wrong with you? Because they show me the screen, and it says, "Do you want a tip?" And then I was like, "Well, fuck! I'm, am I an asshole if I don't tip them?" Oh and then I would God. just be like, "Well, I guess what's twenty percent of so $7 do you, okay? You know what 40? this kind of shows me? Do you what? honestly feel the need for people to like you?" I think I used to. I think you still do. Mm. There's that human development right there. I'm developing a human before my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I'm just like that degree is coming shifting and shaping. <laughs> I'm becoming better. <laughs> um, no, I think I did. I did care about people's opinions for a really long time, and I think I've only in the past couple of years started to like come out of that. Yeah. Um, but I did for a long time think like, oh, if somebody dislikes me, I got to change everything about me. So yeah. that they like me. But now I'm kind of at the point of like, I like who I am. And I think part of that is like, there's going to be people who dislike me. And I kind of love that. Oh, so you, yeah, you've kind of gone the other way around. So why do you love the thought of people not liking Well, because here's the thing. If everybody likes something, then it can't be that interesting, right? So Interesting. That is a key. Yeah. Well, and he, okay, here's the thing about the word interesting is I've recently been trying to excise the word interesting from my vocabulary because mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's a complete non sequitur. Not non sequitur. It's a it's a paradox because the word interesting is a not an interesting word at all. It's a very vague word. So like people say like, oh, that's interesting. But they don't really mean that's interesting. They mean something else, and interesting is just kind of like the broad word. Right. It's lazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. So anytime I catch myself saying interesting, I try to replace it with what I'm actually trying to oh, say. That's a good question then. So I guess replacing the word interesting to what I was talking about you, mm-hmm. then what would that, re- what would you replace that word with? Yeah, that's a great point. So people, um, I, w- I think if everybody likes something, then that means it's pretty run of the mill and it's not particularly unique perhaps is a good word. So basic bitch is what I'm hearing. I think that's a bit reductive, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I don't know. I think the things I like about myself are, are very unique qualities. And I think that I am a pretty unique person. All things considered. What do you like about yourself? Oh, good question. Um, I think I'm funny. I think I'm smart and self-aware and empathetic. I think I'm really good at like connecting with people and like listening i think i'm a good listener mm-hmm. um i like talking to people and getting to know people one skill i think i'm really good at is i think i'm good at like re- very quickly getting a vibe for like what kind of person somebody is so you're good at reading people yeah but not in the sense of like i know exactly who you are but but like i get a feeling of like oh i kind of know who you are so as the young kids would say you know who you'd fuck with <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'd fuck with you. You don't say that? No, I don't. Okay, interesting. That's how old I am. What kind of lingo do you use on a day-to-day basis? Um, I don't. Everybody does. All right, so, I mean, I, I, would, I don't have uh, anything special, though. I, I can't. Everybody has a set vocabulary, right? And every vocabulary includes some degree of slang. Yeah. So what's the slang you incorporate into your vocabulary, perhaps unconsciously? Maybe like, oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble. That's not slang. I will. T- I'll, I'll look at my cats. Like, oh, cutie. Yeah. yeah. I will say, like, <laughs> is that not what you're talking about? That's that's okay. that's just called normal words. Okay. Yeah. Normal words. Um, I don't know. I'm right on the border of millennial and Gen Z, and so I feel like I have grown up with millennial siblings. Okay. So yeah. I heard that, and then a lot of my friends in college were Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And so I hear a lot of that. But you're are you Gen Z though? Well, it depends on where you draw the line. Okay. It's a hotly contested debate. I think a lot of people would put me in Gen Z. Some people would put me in Millennial. My coworkers insist that I'm Gen Z. And you don't like that, do you? I don't love it, but I've kind of accepted that like that's probably true. You don't like being the young guy. Yeah, I, that's that's, true. A, that's a feeling I get from. Well, you. because here's why: is my whole life I've been the young guy. Mm. Um, like I graduated high school when I was 16. So, like, my birthday's in May, so all my classmates, like, if I was starting a grade, all my classmates would have their birthdays throughout the year. Oh, I'd be the last person God. to okay, have their birthday. Okay, That makes sense, though. Yeah. So you always felt super young. I always felt young, and then I skipped a grade, and I felt really young. It's good that you're really mature, though, for your age, because I, I would say yeah. even more than 24, I would think that you'd be, like... Yeah, I mean, you, you genuinely thought I was, like, 30 for a while. No, you know, you actually, my thought process is you, you have a big range. Yeah. You have a huge range. I feel like you yeah. could be anywhere from 24, would probably be the bottom. Yeah. Uh, to 30. Yeah. That, that's six years. That's not a big range. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, my range is probably big as well. Your range is large. I think you could. I could be 19. <laughs> I'll be on Dawson's Creek. Do you know what Dawson's Creek is? Uh, it's a river. Oh, my God. No, you could not pull off 19. Well, You're definitely an adult. 
Which, like, technically 19 is an adult, but no. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think the youngest you could say is 25. I'll take it. Yeah, and I think the... Oldest, yeah, I want to know the oldest. Oldest you could say... Honestly, What like, if I'm, like, mad old? What if I'm, like, I got grandkids? What would be... <laughs> if you were, like, I'm 50, I'd be like, what the fuck? I'm just fuck, a really man? hip 50-year-old that's, like, For I'm real. still just doing shit. Honestly, man. if you were 50, I'd be like, damn, Honestly, mad if respect. Honestly, if I was 50, I would actually be very proud. Yeah, I would be proud, too. And no, I might be. I think the oldest you could really pull off would be, like, 34. Because you don't look 34. So Asians, though... It's true. You it's have, a little different with you Asians. You have young faces. And my, yeah. but I, so I have a younger face yeah. mixed with like a really upbeat attitude. Yeah. Like super cool kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is present day Joe Yoon um, editing the podcast as we speak. This is my transition. And now we are going to talk about prom. I actually didn't go to prom. Oh, why not? Well, funny you should ask. Well, because my senior year, I didn't have any friends. Right. I, so, I get that about you. And so I was like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's true. And I was like, why do I want to go to prom when I don't have any friends? But the backstory to that is that I was actually homeschooled for a lot of okay. my life. Yeah, that makes... Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, because you're a really outgoing guy. So oh, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't get that. Really. So elementary school, all homeschooled. Okay. Then middle school, homeschooled. Or, sorry, private school. But um, like private religious school. Okay. And then, so that was sixth and seventh grade. Eighth grade, the recession hit 2008. My parents were like, we can't afford private school anymore. Uh, so they pulled me out and then they ordered all the textbooks for eighth grade. And I was like, yo, I already know all this shit. <laughs> and they were like, uh, okay, I guess we'll buy the ninth grade textbooks. <laughs> and so then I just did ninth grade. Um, okay, this makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then after junior year of high school, my mom was like, fuck it, I'm done with this. Go to normal school. <laughs> and oh. so she sent me to regular school for my senior year. Oh, weird. So you started school from senior year in public Yeah. So imagine my surprise Jeez. when all these kids have known each other for like 12 years, and I'm like, hey, I'm the new kid. In senior year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I at the time, I was really insecure about my background, too. So I didn't tell people I was homeschooled. They were like, oh, you moved here? Because that's weird for them because they don't understand it. Right, and they were like... They were like, oh, did you just move here? And I didn't want to like tell them that I was homeschooled. And so I was like, yeah, I just moved here. I mean, technically, kind of. Moved to a new school. <laughs> I mean, I moved my body. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but so like I did make friends senior year, but not because I like did the theater program and stuff, but not enough where I felt like I do really want to go to prom. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. My sister did like, go to prom, though. She's older? Yeah, a year and a half older. Okay. Yeah, so we were in the same grade senior year. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that is so strange. I know. Everyone thought we were twins. Oh, I mean, I would. I would we're too. like the same height. We both have blonde hair. Oh, that's so weird. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so you did that. Then you went to college where? Well, so I went to college at North Central College in okay. Naperville. But I graduated when I was 16, right? Turned 17 immediately after. And then... Because May birthday. Okay. And then, so I was 17, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life. You had a weird life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me, man. You're telling me. Uh, so I took a year off, oh. um, and I just like worked part-time at a pizza place, kept doing community theater, because that's where my friends were. And then I was 18, and I was like, I still don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life. My, all my friends were in senior year at that point, and I was like, I'll take right. another year off. 
So I took another year off. I worked full time as a network engineer. Who the hell are you? <laughs> okay, okay. So then I worked full time as a network engineer for a year. That was crazy. There's a lot of stories there. And then I was at my uncle's wedding, and he was like, "What do you want to do with your life?" And I said, "I don't know. Probably write code." And he was like, "You're gonna need a degree for that." And I said, "Fuck, <laughs> you're right." And then I looked for the schools that would give me the most money, and North Central basically like gave me a full ride. Oh wow! And I went there. Wow. Weird. Okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a very strange story. When I when I put everything together, though, it does make sense why you're a bit more mature for your age. Yeah, too, because and, of that, yeah. those circumstances. Yeah, and I, there's a lot of other stuff too, like family stuff. I think anytime. I meet people and I'm like, damn, you're mature for your age. I think the subtitle is like, you've been through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm, right. You know, like you, you've experienced more than, than yeah. others. And, for, you know, like for better or for worse, that's just like how it's gone, you know? Has, has there been something in that note that I guess going a bit more personal? Sure. Is there, you said like with family shit and stuff like that. Yeah. Has it, I mean, it's one of my questions too, actually, but like, is there, <laughs> is there something that in your family or any, anything personal that kind of totally shifted? kind of your future Mm. yeah i mean i think generally generally i would say i was neglected as a child and uh, i would say mostly emotionally neglected like my parents were very preoccupied um with a lot of other things and i was just like not one of those things like work or religion or kind of all of those things like we were pretty poor growing up Mm -hmm. and so they were very concerned with making ends meet like dad's gone all day right he's working Mm -hmm. and then my mom was like uh, cleaning the house and like cooking meals mm-hmm. and then she would go shopping a lot because she's trying to be very frugal right so she'd go to like a, a lot of the different stores that have deals and stuff she was also really into like bookkeeping so she would oh. like she would collect all the receipts and like add them up to make sure they matched like her bank account and like she'd do a lot of that and then like in middle school my sister had a, a strong bout of like clinical depression and bipolar disorder and so my parents had to invest a lot of time into like trying to help her Mm -hmm. um so like all of that combined was basically like i was like hey i'm bored and they were they were like i'm uh, they were like we kind of got a lot to do right now can you just kind of go like play by yourself and i was like (laughs) okay that makes sense though because and so it's just you two as far so as it's, it's me, my middle sister, and then I have an older sister who's eight years older than me. Oh, so okay. for a for most of my adolescence, she's gone because she like she went to college. Right. She she like lived in Chicago for a while. Now she lives in New York City. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and she. So you're kind of closer to the one closer to your age. I'm guessing you would think that. No, but uh, no, I would say I'm I'm closest to my oldest sister. Oh, interesting. And and my middle sister would say the same. She would say that she's closer to my oldest sister than. Did she your is me. your oldest sister kind of like a proxy uh, parent? I think she did have to fill that role yeah. in a way, which is like sad, but she she definitely has like invested so much energy into me and my middle sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm very grateful for her in that respect. It was great to know more about Nate's family dynamics. And now it's time to transition to see what Nate fucks heavy with. I, I fuck heavy with the original Jesus beliefs mm-hmm. where he was like, care for the poor, be kind to people, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Yeah. That's good shit right there. Mm-hmm. Well, and so here's another interesting piece of my story is that, as you know, I was very religious growing up. Mm-hmm. I didn't break out of that until junior year of college. 
Okay. So I worked during college. I worked at a mega church for two and a half years. Mm. I as, was a, as what? I was on the technical team. Okay. So I was the technical director for one of their campuses. Um, and yeah, so like I'm, I have like a deep personal experience with like big business church. That's weird. Yeah, it's very, very weird. weird. <laughs> it is very weird. It doesn't seem like it should go together. No. Yeah. No, like the church would just, they'd have like a meeting every year and they'd be like, yeah, we just want to let you guys know like our operating budget this year is like $10 million. <laughs> it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it makes no sense. Oh my God. But then they that meeting would be held in their fucking auditorium right. that seated 1,500 people and there's like, they have like it's basically just like a theater right right and the stage is huge there's like lights all the <laughs> lights pouring down on the stage and then like the band would play sunday morning it's basically a rock concert right right, right. Like, it's weird so because like it's like business and church i just it doesn't feel like it should go together I took a couple like biblical studies classes in college and we would like learn about um different ways of like analyzing the Bible. And I was like, oh shit, there's more ideas out there than what I was uh, indoctrinated with growing up. And then uh, just kind of that like slow expansion of my beliefs. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> there are other Christians who think differently. Right. Okay. And so that was kind of like step one. Yeah. And then step two was like 2020 happened. And like, Every Christian I knew was like, Donald Trump is king and savior. Oh, and I was like, yeah. wait a second. That guy is like the opposite of what the Bible talks about. Right. And so that was another like, uh, I think I think I'm like not on the same page. It's kind here. of like you got to start thinking for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. That All those things just kind of made me start thinking for myself. And I was like, yeah, okay, you guys kind of have it all wrong. Do you feel like there's no afterlife? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, you die, that's it. You just die. I think you just die. And I think that is why religion exists, is because since the dawn of time, people have thought, like, that is a terrifying reality. Right, like nothingness. And I think it is. I'm a little terrified by that. I'm a lot terrified oh, by yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like, really? This is it? I, I, I'm lucky to be here, and then I just die, and then that's it. And it's like, yeah, probably. Does that thought make you want to live your life differently, though, than mm. before when you were religious? A little bit. A little bit. Um, one of the most influential figures in my life was this guy named Ryan, who was one of my coworkers at the mega church. Mm -hmm. And he was like super religious, right? Super smart. He was a technical guy. And then he got diagnosed with cancer. when He was like 28. They were like, by the way, you have stage four cancer oh, in your like eye. Uh. So they like removed his whole, like his like left eye. And then they were like, oh, by the way, we found more cancer here oh and here God. and here and here and here, right? And so he he died a couple of years later. Probably I, He was probably like 32 or 33 when he died, and I'd known him for a couple of years at that point. But so, like, he kind of went through that whole process of, right. like, I'm super religious and, like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die right. very soon. And also, like, at the time, for the entirety of his, like, cancer, quote-unquote, battle, like... He was surrounded by the most religious people you could be surrounded with. And so he was surrounded by all the people who you would think like if if there's any sort of merit to like prayer 
and healing. Mm -hmm. Like of all the people you would think he would be most benefiting from that. But like, it didn't fucking matter. You know, he just died. There's a truly no transition from losing a friend. Um, But yeah, here is an awkward transition to possibly what Nate does on the toilet. I, I read this Twitter thread lately, which is the, a bad start to any story, right? Right. But it was a story about this um, this writer named Aldous Huxley. He wrote 1984, I think is the book, and a lot of other books. And it was basically talking about, like, he was, like, a super smart guy. He spent most of his life writing books that explore, like, the human condition. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be alive? What's the meaning of life? And on his deathbed, one of his friends asked him, like, what do you think the meaning of life is? And he said he was kind of embarrassed by his answer on his deathbed. I'll take a little more shirt. Yeah. And his answer was like, just be a little more kind to people. It but like bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's kind of like the funny part is that like, this is coming from somebody who had like devoted his whole life to just kind of trying to figure out what it means to be human. And it it's so obvious that like it's plastered on like, fucking signs above people's bedrooms like be a little more kind but like also it just kind of makes sense yeah i'm always really weary of of humans that like spend their whole life on one topic (laughs) because i feel like when you put when you try so hard to find an answer you're already lost like Mm. i don't think that's the point of life i don't feel like the point of life is trying to figure out one thing because there probably aren't any answers to it and i feel like Mm. the further you try to find an answer, the further you go from an answer. And a lot of times life is a lot more simple than we make Mm. it out to. When someone's really trying to like get with God or whatever, it's like usually like the most simplest person probably (laughs) will get there faster because they're not thinking too hard. They're not putting all these borders around the actual truth. I think there is a lot of truth to that. That like, I, I think oftentimes there are a lot simpler solutions than we think. Totally. Totally. Like, I'm of the opinion that the value, or like, I don't know if I would say, like, this is the meaning of life, but like, for me at least, I find the most joy in my life just like spending time with people I care about. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, for me, I'm convinced that that's like the meaning of life. Like, I don't, having money is nice. Yeah. Having things is nice. But like, if I don't have anybody in my life who I can like care about, then who cares? Yeah, I mean, like, what we're doing right now, we don't know each other that well. I love this shit. Yeah. I love getting to know someone that I have some some connection to and just seeing where that grows. Like, that that beginning aspect of a relationship where there's hope. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I love getting to know people, especially with different backgrounds or, like, um, someone with actual personality. <laughs> it is. Personality is a gift. It's kind of disappointing when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, you're kind of interesting. And then you like start to have a real conversation and you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. You have no personality in the slightest. It's like Shrek, right? It's like that whole onion peel. Like when you keep peeling in the onion, you get closer to the actual center. Mm. And the more you peel, the better it gets in a a sense. But that's not always the case. Have you ever played the improv game Onion Peel? Don't know what that is. It's it's a great improv game. So the idea is... um, you start with one person, and they do a one-person scene. Okay. It's pretty short. Okay. Then you add another person. They do a two-person scene. Okay. Pretty short. With, with the first person, yeah. It's completely different, though. Okay. Then you add a third person. They do a completely different scene. 
and so on and so forth until you have everybody in the room who does the scene. And then you start removing people and you go back down and you go back down, back down, back down, all the way back to one person. And that's the end. Uh, how long does this thing go? It's pretty, for? it's fast. Oh, it's fast. It's fast. Oh, so a lot. Of, yeah, it, it's, it's very fast. It's fun. I love improv. I realized. I, I think it's. <laughs> when did you come to this realization? When I took the improv class. <laughs> I didn't know I liked improv, but but secretly I've been wanting this my whole life because really? like a lot of these like themes I've always just wanted to play, but mm. no one to play with. You get the chance to like be anybody. You can be anything. Oh, and you just kind of like go with your instinct. I love the fact of feeding off of other people. Like mm-hmm. it's such a joy for me just to like feel your energy and what you're bringing to it. It's yeah. different than maybe I hadn't planned. Yeah. And it makes me have to think on my feet and vice versa. And we build something together. And I'm like, that is fucking amazing. Um, instead of me by myself begging people to, <laughs> to, to like read a script or something like that. Yeah. Know? And there's sometimes where you're like, Oh, maybe I'm not too sure on where to go with this. And you're, like you're the other people with you are like, oh, I have the best idea right now. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, let's go. Yeah, I like that. I like that magic. On the other hand, I did not realize how how awful it is to be with someone that gives you nothing <laughs> to work oh, with. Dude, and you're I just know. like, holy shit. I don't know what to like. We're just dying. You're killing the scene. I, I have had a lot of those moments. <laughs> I think this is a good time if you want to speak openly about our improv. I'll preface this by saying that I have the utmost respect for all of my classmates and I have been, I've thoroughly enjoyed learning and growing as improvisers with them. And for context, for those listening to the podcast who don't know, Joe and I met at an improv class and we are both in the same improv class. Yes. And we both highly enjoy the class and have learned a lot. I feel like. Yeah. And I also really like all of my classmates. Me too. So I'm not trying to put any of them down, but <laughs> <laughs> there okay. were uh, there have been some frustrations. Like I, one memory that has stuck out to me is there's this one scene I was doing with a classmate where I was a I don't know why, but I was like a film noir like detective. Okay, and it was like a murder, and I was like I was like walking around the body, and I was like, damn, this guy really got fucked up hard, and he got like stabbed a couple times, and I was like flicking cigarettes everywhere all across the stage. Okay, and I was really playing a character, and I was like, the <laughs> other person in the scene was like my partner, and I was looking for my partner to like, in you know, kind of develop the context more, and like develop some like some funny shit about the body, you right. know, and like we could build this like relationship. And they were very like bland and vanilla and like very uninterested in the in what was going on. And I was like, man, I'm going to all this work to create a right. character and to like flicking the cigarettes everywhere right. and like nothing's happening. It's frustrating. Hey, I don't think I was that partner that you're talking no, about. No, it wasn't okay. you. It wasn't <laughs> I know, so I'm not trying to also, say like that. This yeah. is unrelated, but I I don't know how we I think we've kind of developed this, like, the class knows that we're friends. Yeah, yeah. And that we, like, vibe. Yeah. Like, last week, there was this time where you and I went up for a scene, and I thought I heard somebody say, like, these two fucking guys. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, like, what? (laughs) It's funny, because, like, yeah, when we we go up to do a scene together, I feel more pressure. Really? That we need to kill. Oh, I don't feel that pressure at all. I'm like, this is going to be an easy scene. Really? Because I'm, I'm going to be with somebody who I trust, and I, I think it's going to be easy. 
Yeah, it's funny. I think because this is my first time doing improv, mm. and I think there's a competitive side to me. Like I love sports and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. have like this whole like we, especially I know I'm with you, yeah. and I feel like we do vibe and we could play off each other. Yeah. I feel more pressure to like we got to kill this. Oh, see, my my headspace is like when when I'm with somebody like you who I think we vibe well and I think you're good at improv, then my thought is like, dude, we're going to crush. And then when I'm with somebody who's not as experienced, I'm going to think, okay, this is going to be harder and I'm going to have to work harder to like make it work. Gotcha. I've had a lot of improv training Uh and a lot of that has been like picking a character to be doing object work in the scene that defines the location and gives me like something to hold in my hands. Yeah. You know, and like that's the kind of shit I try to do to uh, like make the scene better. You know? I, I fully appreciate it. I like I've had a lot of improv training, but I'm, I don't claim to be amazing at it. And so like uh, we're both in the same improv one class. Like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say like I'm so much better than the whole class. No, like no, fuck no. you guys. Like no, no, I, no. Sure, I've had a little bit of like improv classes before, but I like. I don't know. I we all have our strengths that we bring to the table, you know? I think you're a good partner, though. Like, I think you're, yeah. you're very aware, and that makes the whoever you're working with feel better. And, and it feels yeah. like the, the actual scene. We could, we could take it to the top if yeah. we wanted to, which is a good feeling. And honestly, I think the biggest thing is, like, I feel very comfortable in an improv scene. I try to project that comfort to my scene partners of, like... I think a lot of people who are newer to improv are kind of freaking out. Like, oh my God, we're making this up right now. Right. And it's like, it's okay. Just right. like, we're going to make it up. It's going to be okay. I got your back. And I think if I can like exude that kind confidence, then that like, that's the best. That's a good teammate though. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate. Like I identify that for me, like I'm still learning that aspect where I'm like, oh, you could give to your partner. Yeah. And but, I- but you do that unconsciously. Even if you're not explicitly thinking that, you yeah. do that very well. Like you, you do a lot of like the things you say are so fucking funny and like set the stage for your partner to react. Yes, so well. tell me more. Well, so like so that scene like last week, the <laughs> we got a suggestion for a scene. I think it was my suggestion was floor burgers, <laughs> which I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Joe and I forget who else was doing a scene that was like who who was it with? Was it you and uh, um, Allison? No, no. Um, fuck. Um, was it Neelam? Neelam. It was Neelam. It was Neelam. So Joe and our other classmate Neelam were doing a scene where the suggestion was floor burgers. And it basically started with Joe grilling burgers. And then Neelam, the manager, saying to Joe, like, this restaurant is actually about grilling the burgers on the floor. Yeah. And I, and I like, the way you handled that was fucking hilarious. And that's what brought the character to the scene is like, you could have just been like, oh, okay, I'll start grilling them on the floor, which is like, yes, ending it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But like the way you did it was like, you were like a disgruntled employee who was like, I'm tired (laughs) of this fucking hipster bullshit where we're going to try different though. We're going to grill the burgers on the floor. Like this is some gentrification bullshit. Like, and that character is what it literally defined the scene. And it turned it from like a funny ha ha we're grilling burgers on the floor to like this is like uh this is like a disgruntled employee at a hipster restaurant and Neelam was like the 
the entrepreneur manager who didn't really oh. understand the struggles of her employees. Where she played that perfectly. She played that perfectly. Yeah. Which I felt that it was easy because I felt that from her. Yeah. That, that vibe. So all that to say, like your your choices there, whether I'm sure they were conscious choices. Uh-huh. Like that's what gave the scene the deeper like definition. And that's what made it fucking hilarious. Yeah. I mean that's that's always good to hear, but like I I to, to the end of, of, I guess, the partnership aspect of it, though, which is great to hear because, like, I, I'm new to this. But um, I I did not know there was another level of, like, setting up the other person. Yeah. Like, that's new to me. And I'm like, oh, but that's a beautiful aspect of, of this whole whole thing that we're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to be better at that, you know? Yeah, me too. And, like, I, I think that's the, the most fun is, like, at first, I think I have that feeling of like, it's so good to get laughs. And you're like, I yeah, did something hilarious. Exactly. And I think then like you get to the point of like, damn, it is so satisfying to like set up a joke. Right. And my partner, like I like lob the pitch and my partner fucking home totally. runs and the crowd dies laughing. It's like we both crushed that. Joke. I love I love that. And I, that's such a mature version of it. It's it's equate that to like basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's always good to score the points. Yeah. But then once you like understand the game more, it's even more fun to set the person up yeah. for an assist. And and I'm yeah. by no means claiming to be an expert at that. But like no, I, no. But I'm not. aware that that's an option. <laughs> yeah. No. I and I was not aware about that at all. I thought it was just scoring points. Like you just want to get laughs. But now I'm like, oh wow, there's a whole yeah. other aspect to this whole thing, which yeah. is cool. Well, and I will say that that has been like one one challenge for me in this class is that like I've done a, like some improv before, and so I there have been a lot of scenes where I do where I'm like I'll say some things where in my head I'm like I'm expecting my partner to jump on that and kind of like right kind of like crush that, but if and they then, don't, then then and it just doesn't happen, and I'm like I kind of have to adjust my style a little bit to like do less setup. <laughs> there was one where you were clearly like being an olive or what was it? I think it was a blueberry. A blueberry. You're clearly being like the object. Yeah. But they just kept going as if you were just a person. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, what am I, a weird person? Like I'm clearly an object. I think the suggestion was like the last blueberry in the garden. Right. And right. I I just made the choice of like I'll be the blueberry. Right, right. And <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty clear. Yeah. But then it took and a then, while. And then the yeah. person the, my scene partner walked into the scene and was like <laughs> <laughs> talking to me like a human. But it's fine because that ended up that ended up like make, it worked, making it yeah. a funny scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's that kind of stuff, like those choices where you're trying to set up a scene and then it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the actual class in itself? I think that's a pretty vague question. Um, let me get more specific then. As a whole, as far as uh, uh, individuals coming together as a class, do you enjoy the class as far as the group of people? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's been so fun. Like the first week, we obviously had all never seen each other before in our lives and we were very cautious. Yeah. And it's been so fun to see people like come out of their shells and like, we all know each other. We like trust each other somewhat. And we all know that like, we're, we're all in the same boat of like, we're just trying to like be stupid and like improv, like improv is so stupid. It is. It's so, it's so lame when you see it from afar. (laughs) Exactly. Like if you're not invested in it, you're like, this is the lamest shit. You guys are dorks. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, that's kind of the feeling the first couple of weeks is like, this is like kind of fucking right. lame. Totally. 
but it's been so fun to see people come out of their shells and like i'm thinking of like a couple people in our class who are super introverted and like have had trouble like making eye contact Mm -hmm. and then like last week in class we're like fucking yelling at people and like screaming and i was like let's go it is a really good you know the show community i love community i love community yeah and this is the closest aspect to it right now i feel like it's Ah. like a bunch of people that normally probably wouldn't hang out yeah put into this weird situation where we have to act a fool for for once a week and i think that you learn a lot about people right oh totally i love it because like i i love meeting new people but it's so hard to meet people outside of your your little friend group that, that feels safe um, unless you really put effort to go to something like this. And I will say that I don't know what it is, but like people who do improv, like 95% of the time, I just feel very safe around them. Yeah. Well, cause they're, they're willing to just put themselves, you have to put yeah. yourself out there. Minus totally. like the one person in our class who I fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just like put that out there as a mystery. <laughs> one of you, yeah. Nate hates. You think, you think anybody from a class is going to listen to this podcast? No, I don't. No, I don't. Joe, you were telling me on our break that you really wanted to do the final ad read. Will you, <laughs> will you do that for us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will. Um, this one goes out to, you know, a lot of people like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Who doesn't? But some people like peanut butter and honey sandwiches, especially uh, across the pond in England. A lot of Europeans love peanut butter and honey. So we've come up with a jar that already mixes Honey and peanut butter, and we're calling it punny. <laughs> and it's this—it's already pre-made, so you don't need to spread. You don't have to go through all the work <laughs> of getting a, a peanut idea. butter, getting a honey jar. It's all in one. It's called punny. And guess what? Each jar has a joke in it because it's pretty punny as well. <laughs> such a bad idea. <laughs> well, it just made three three million dollars, so I don't think it's that bad of an idea. So yeah, the Inside Joe is sponsored by Punny, uh, peanut butter and jelly. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter and honey. I'll edit that out. That's a lawsuit. Peanut butter and honey in a jar for some delicious punny sandwiches. And thanks as always for watching the Morning Joe. Sorry, the Inside Joe. The Daily Joe. The Inside This guy, this fucker, he's just <laughs> fucking with us guys. He knows what it is. And it's, thanks for watching the Inside Joe. There you go. Get inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for today's episode of the Inside Joe. Of course, I want to give a big thanks to our sponsors, um, Spit Jar 3.0, now in green. Um, and of course, punny, uh, for those like peanut butter and honey, no jelly. Um, big thanks to those sponsors. And of course, thanks to Nate for coming on by. Um, he was an incredible guest, um, and it was a lot of fun uh, just to talk with him for seven hours. So with that being said, hope all you have a great rest of your life. Like and subscribe. Until next time. Be good. Real good. The inside joke. That's all, folks.